0: If you thought last week's episode was awesome, then you're playing it wrong because there wasn't an episode last week. Welcome to Play It Wrong, podcast about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Oh, and welcome to another episode of Playing It Wrong. Well, yeah, there was no episode last week. Things went crazy last week, but hey, things are getting back on track, sort of. Just lots of things going on here. So, where should I start? Let's start with some real life stuff. It's I know the boring stuff, yeah, car and work and all that crap. It's it's just all crazy. But I'm gonna do a shout out to the Happy Whisk and going. You know what? It's time to start decluttering. And really, it's, for me, it's going to be a shellac method. In other words, this weekend I started off with the first pass through the bedroom. bathroom Bedroom. bedroom and threw away about two garbage bags full of junk. Next week is the big one. the big One of the big ones. The organization of the office slash studio slash creative space. Because this has languished long enough. And it really needs to get reorganized. I really don't believe in Feng Shui, but I believe in... and stuff where you can find it and it's convenient and it kind of feels homey and roomy but I guess but then again that is kind of anxiously isn't it so what else oh and lots of other stuff going on but hey you don't care about my personal life and that's not why you're listening to this podcast you want to hear about gaming so what else is up what's in the news in gaming Uh, who cares about the Lamentations of Flame Princess ref book anymore I paid for it I backed it I'm at the point I don't care, but let's go on to fun stuff. What actually happened in gaming? Session summary. Oh, what happened in gaming the last two weeks? Well, let's talk about last week first because the week before last is going to be part of the episode. So our DM for Delta Green, kind of like you know what, I feel like I want to do something more fun. So guess what? We started playing. Yes. One of the greatest space opera games ever the d6 star wars the old west end games he got the commemorative edition yeah i'm an old gamer so i still have my original edition yes the d6 star wars and it was kind of a sad moment there because i chose to be a pirate and describing my character i described him as a cross between captain jack sparrow and harry mudd and a couple of players looked at me and said who's harry mudd Okay, come on! Not a single trekkie at the table. I don't believe it. Anyway, it's fun. I was flamboyant. I did the run across the field towards enemy ship with blaster fire all around me and did not get hit. However, we do have a a, a one of the I don't remember if it was a young Jedi, fledgling fledgling failed Jedi or chaotic Jedi. But anyway, he spent most of his time unconscious because he would run up, try to use his lightsaber, and get shot. That's one thing about the D6 Star Wars. Jedis were not overpowered, unlike in all the D20 ones, and the game mechanics actually make some sort of sense that you can make sense out of, unlike the Fantasy Flight one with the mystery dice, who's godly knows what those things mean. I don't know. I, we played it a couple times, and all the DM said is, "Okay, roll these dice," and I'm like, "Okay, is this good or bad?" I have no freaking idea. All right, and what was this? Is two weeks ago? I'm gonna go back two weeks on the Labyrinth Lord campaign what was the big thing that happened the paladin died and how did he die like i said the show notes we're gonna have a little thing about bodaks in this issue yes the bodak it's a nasty little undead thing from the abyss with a gaze attack in old school D, guess what it is it's save or die guess who failed and died the paladin but hey i want to look at this monster between Additions here A little little side here to talk about it. So here we go. Let's let's pull these stats up here kids All right, let's look at the old-school bodak, and I am going to the lost minds of Sagugans. I cannot say it, but it's dungeon module s4 which I don't know if that was the original place it appeared or not Hang, on, Let me do some massive internet research. Yes, according to Wikipedia This is the first time this monster appears so let's go over these stats for the old school one, like I said. This is almost like readings from the ancient tomes, but don't worry, I won't skip those. The Bodak. Okay, Armor Class 5. Hit dice 9 plus 9. Number attacks 1. By weapon? Special attacks. Death gaze. That's what got the paladin. Special defenses, plus one to better to hit. Magic resistance, see below. Alright, so let's go for this. Um uh, <clears throat> All right, let's just go down here. Be-de-de-de. All right, we're going to go down through the uh, description here and pull out little attributes. Uh, okay, D-d-d-d-d-d. they speak all demonic languages, but remember a few words of human speech. They are very rare because they remain on the Abyssal Plains, except when called forth to serve a foolish and evil magic user of certain types. A bow can control the magic user, summoning it, as explained below. All right, uses its weapon, 90% probable that it possesses... I'm out of practice. I skipped a week, so I'm out of practice. Alright. It's got a weapon. Use it. The gaze of the bodak is 30 feet, and when met will cause death unless a saver's death is successful. Bodaks can be only struck by magical or wrought cold iron weapons. They are immune to poison, charm, sleep, and hold spells. They take half damage from cold, electricity, and fire. Direct sunlight inflicts one point of damage per round. Bodaks have 60 feet intravision as well as ultravision. Now we go into the fun stuff. Every time a bodak is assigned a new task by its master, it has a chance to control the magic user who summoned it. The intelligence of the bodak is randomly determined by rolling a d20. Each time it is given a new task. If the bodak's intelligence is higher than the magic user's, the bodak controls the mind of the magic user and can enslave him or her. The magic user's intelligence characteristic is above 18. The difference between 18 and the actual score is also added to the bodak's intelligence roll. That is the old-school Bodak. Now, I am digging out my Volo's Guides to Monsters. Yay! And then we're going to dig out the Bodak. And I should have, like, actually put a bookmark on this page, but that goes to show how freaking unprepared I am to get this actually done. Hey, it's a busy day. I told you I was going to be busy, people. I warned you at the beginning of the episode. So now you have to wait for me to find a damn page. All right, here we go, the 5e Bodak. Let's look at the Armor Class is 15. Yeah, it's pretty respectable, I guess, versus a five of old school. So I guess, yeah, it's kind of hit points: fifty-eight, ninety-eight plus eighteen. So yeah, about nine hit die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speed thirty feet, the same. It's stealthy and perceptive. It is resistant to resistant to cold, fire, necrotic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. So which is basically the same. However, it is immune to lightning and poison, and it's immune to charm, frightened, and poisoned. Just like getting time to have it has dark vision 120 feet, and it speaks abyssals and the languages it knew in life. And they consider it a challenge rating 6. Yay! Alright. So, what do we have? We have Aura of Annihilation. So I have to do funny voices for some of this stuff in 5e because it's. Uh, yeah yeah. Well. Anyway. Um, you can deactivate it as a bonus action, and everything within 30 feet takes 5 damage. At 5 damage, at 6 levels, it's an AoE, hardly worth it. The Death Gaze, here's the big one, Death Gaze. Okay, it's 30 feet, and a DC 13 Constitution Saving Throw. For a CR 6 monster, that's not very high. Now the Saving Throw fails by 5 or more, so with no bonus you have to roll an 8 or less, so probably won't be many characters doing it by 5 or more, the creature is reduced to 0 hit points. You're not dead, you're just napping. Uh, Unless it's immune to the frightened condition, which I don't know why it's scary. Otherwise, the creature takes 3d10 psychic damage on a failed saved. Yay. And it's sunlight hypersensitivity. It takes 5 damage in sunlight as opposed to uh, like 1 point in sunlight. Hmm. Alright, actions. Fist. It doesn't have weapons. But its fists are pretty nasty, which does 1d4 plus 2d8 necrotic damage. And it damages a bit inflated in 5e, but so the withering gaze. Then 60 feet, another dc13 constitution saving throw. I so said 13's not that high. And does forty ten 10 necrotic. Now let's look over on some of the notes on the notebook, especially on that part about controlling the magic user. Let's see. We've got Marked by Orcus. Orcus can take ritual vows while carving the Demon Lord's symbol on its chest. Over its heart, Orcus's power flays body and mind and soul, leaving behind a sentient husk that sucks in all life energy near it. So they're talking about how you become a Bodak, basically. Okay. Alright. Orcus can recall anything a Bodak sees or hears. If he so chooses, he can speak through a Bodak to address his enemies and followers directly. Bodaks are... Extensions of Orcus's will outside of the abyss. Serving the Demon Prince's aims and other minions. Okay, that's kind of cute. I'll give him that. Okay, Unhallowed Fragments. Yeah, they got lots of memories. Blah, 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 blah. Um, The sun burns away their flesh. Blah, blah, blah. We got that with that. Anyone? A bowdeck slays with the gates. Withers. Its face frozen in a mask of terror. Okay, fluff text. Monster's mere presence is unnatural that it chills to the soul. Animals untrained for war instinctively flee just before the Bodak arrives. So that's not in stats, but you know, that's why you got to read these, the, the fluff text sometimes. Ravaged Soul. Um, Let's see. The soul of a creature that becomes a Bodak is so damaged that it is unfit for most forms of magical resurrection. Only a wish spell or similar magic can return a Bodak to its former life. Has an undead nature. A Bodak doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. That's it. They skipped over entirely... B, if you summon one, it may screw you over big time. And, like many of the saver day, saver day, saver death, uh, saver death, saver die type uh, things from older editions. In 5th edition, it's saver get hurt really bad, but if you have to say, but you got to really F up your save, like by five or more. You know, like a Medusa, you got to feel like three or four times or whatever the hell it is. But anyway, that's kind of looking at the Bodak and when, when it was and what it got turned into. So, what are we going on to next? This is D&D Bootcamp. Here you will learn about the dungeons and the dragons. Ah! If you don't, you will die a horrible and embarrassing death. Your friends will loot your body and leave your cold corpse to be eaten by giant rats. Ah, yes. D&D Bootcamp, if memory serves me correctly. I talked about magic users last episode. But, you know, I'm also talking about 5e, so... Let's talk to those 5e players out there a little bit. I know, at least I've got a few of you out there. Maybe, who knows? But hey, there's little grognards doing this too, so (laughs) who knows? My crazy opinions on classes in 5e. You talked about magic users. Okay, those basically became wizards in 5e, in case you didn't know. That leaves us basically the sorcerer and the warlock. These classes evolved in 3rd edition for... Here's my humble opinion. In 3rd edition, the sorcerer was for people who wanted to play a wizard, but didn't want to keep track of a spell book. So, they made sorcerers, where you just had your list that you could cast. No problem. Then, on the end of the 3.5 era, came along the warlock in one of the later books. I don't remember which supplement it was, which splat book it was, but it was towards the end there. And that was for, kind of for the people who... I think they honestly designed it for people who wanted to play a wizard who have never played before or who wanted even less bookkeeping than a sorcerer. So now let's move this on to 5e. So 5e, if you're doing 5e, and in an old school, unless you're using some sort of supplement, neither one of the classes actually exist in any of the, any of the, the core books, but there are plenty of good third party stuff for pretty much whatever retro clone you're trying to play. that will have something similar to these. But why am I telling you that? You already know that. Mm -hmm. So, Sorcerer, 5e. What they've got is still standard list, sort of like the 3rd edition. But they got the metamagic from 3rd edition as their little ball of wax where they can manipulate their spells in specific ways and regain spells and burn spells to get more of their sorcery points. It's all the metamagic feats from 3rd edition, basically. Fast casting, silent casting, still casting, double casting... Um, spin casting, fly casting, um, bow casting, whatever. I'm making jokes there, people, okay? I know there's no bow casting, all right? It's arcane archers. And the war, so, fluff-wise, the sorcerer is, I was just born with it, I don't know any knowledge, I'm just doing a crap. Which is actually kind of fun, especially if you do the wild mage, which, that is the funnest sorcerer to play in 5e, in my humble opinion. And it's the best one to play. But, hey, that's your choice. But then again, also, um, you can kill your own party at low levels too, accidentally. So Or yourself. But it's a fun class. Now, the Warlock, they decided the Warlock was. Yeah, you didn't learn. You weren't born with it. You made a deal to get it. In a way, I think I did a neat thing with the Warlock. In other words, you really don't feel like a wizard. You don't feel like a sorcerer. They're a little sturdier. They've got their own tricks, kind of. You don't have that many uh, spells, but you get them back with a short rest. And you've got that Eldritch Blast that you can spam all frickin' day. So, um, I'd say the the Warlock is more like the... Um, I kind of want to play a spellcaster, but not really, but I want some other stuff. So yeah, That's just my opinion anyway. So, like I said in the other episodes of D&D Bootcamp, or the other segments of D&D Bootcamp, play what you want. But, so, when it comes to magic users... Which one should you play? You play the one you want. Um, don't worry about what's overpowered, what's tactical, what's not tactical. Play what you're comfortable with as far as rules go, and play what you think is going to be fun with. If you want to spend... If, if you feel you're going to spend too much time worrying about rules, go for, like, the Sorcerer or the Warlock. If you don't care, if you've got it down, you know, you just go for the normal Magic user. You know, just do... Do what the heck you want. There's going to be a lot of that in DD Bootcamp. Don't worry. Next week, I'm going to do a DM device. I'll take a DM device. DM advice and not do another class one until the week after next. That's my plan. I may forget it by the time next week comes around. So what are we doing next? Hey, you know what? This is a good time for a message from our sponsor. Actually, we don't have a sponsor. We are our own sponsor. What does that mean? It means you can subscribe on Anchor FM, just a little bit of a dollar a month, or you can go to patreon.com slash forward slash they might be gazebos. Did I say that right? Yeah, and it's in the show notes. Go to Patreon. You can support the podcast. You can support the blog. You can support the YouTube channel. Yes, the YouTube channel is a fledgling thing. I'll do it when I can until I get more subscribers. I know, it's 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 an idiocracy of the I'm not doing more till I get more subscribers, but I won't get more subscribers till I do more. I'm going with the philosophy of when I got something neat to put on a video, I'll put it on a video. If it's cool in writing, I'll put it on the blog. If I need sound to make it sound more interesting, then hey, it's right here on the podcast. So, check out the Patreon. There's all sorts of stuff on there. I'm already putting up some little t- some tools and beta before you can buy it to patrons. So, hey, it's not like you're just, like, getting to listen to the... Po- paying to listen to the podcast that you could listen for free anyway or going to the blog. There's other stuff that's, like, popping up there for patrons slowly but surely. Anyway, I thank you for listening, and thank you for listening through my little ad. So what does that mean? That means we're going on to... Tom's the Ancient Orbiter. Knowledge. And now we're at that part of the show where I go through some of the old original D&D books and spontaneously give reactions to things I see. And we are still, in case you forgot since it's been two weeks, we are still on Supplement 1, Greyhawk. The very supplement that is near and dear to my heart because I thought it was a supplement to basic D&D. But anyway, that's the story in an earlier episode, so you've got to go back and listen to them. But anyway, in case you didn't know this, we are now on the new, new, remember, these are new at the time, Cleric Spells. So what new Cleric Spells popped up in Greyhawk? Let's start this off with Silence 15-foot Radius. I don't need to explain that to you, Um, unfortunately. I'm sure there's arguments in every game table about that. Now there's like a little Snake Charm. You can charm snakes. Yay! Third level, Prayer, by means of the spell, the cleric lowers the saving throws of his opponents. Uh, 20 foot square um, by 5%, one point, plus 5% every 10 levels the character is, the cleric has gained. I don't know why they put these in percentages again. Um, so, so i.e., 11th level clericter. Clericter? <laughs> so if you're playing a cleric, the new word is clericter. The 11th level cleric would be a minus two. A 21st level cleric would be minus eight. clericter. What are you doing? I'm a, a player clericter. Yee. Uh, yeah, see, these are things that only spontaneous improv readings will get you as stupid words like clericter. <clears throat> anyway, that's a really bad way to describe prayer because it's Spotifying D20 rolls and not percentile rolls. Next up, speak with dead, which allows the user to converse with the dead body well you can do that anyway without a spell it doesn't mean you're not gonna get an answer okay um you can Clark can ask three questions the length of time the creature has been dead will be a consideration up to seventh level one to four days 14th one to four months 20th no limitation the referee will answer three questions asked in any reasonable form he desires riddles being recommended the thing is in this edition it's only a cleric spell but if you want to be a magic user and kind of a necromantic type guy necromancy guy this would be a cool one to have it's kind of one of those things that it should be a magic user spell too which happens in later editions anyway sixth level cleric spells animate objects speaking of spells that should be magic user spells a spell by which objects are animated for the purpose of attack and defense so, it goes through examples of like a stone statue, furniture, um, and it gets to do this very bizarre sort of math that actually makes no sense. So, the more deadly it is, the more it, it's weird. Um, an animated statue would move three inches, attack only of other round, have an armor value of one, but do double damage. Um, Striking as an eighth level creature. A chair would do small damage, but it would move rapidly on its four legs. A rug would trip and smother. A tapestry would blind and smother. One large object, approximately twice the size of a big man, two man sizes up, and several small objects can be animated. So, you know, duration six turns, all right. But, well, it's another one of those. The good part, also, they don't really codify it that much. But once again, I'm thinking Fantasia and Sorcerer's Wizard Apprentice, and that should be a wizard spell find the path because there aren't druids yet so yeah that's what that is basically you find the safest way to the blade barrier that spell that everyone hates Seven to 70 points of damage that's seventy ten. and i gotta look at my notes here did i do something stupid i didn't know anyway yeah seventy ten damage blade barrier that was pretty nasty for a six level spell Word of Recall lets you teleport back to a safe place. Speak with monsters. I, yeah, I can see it, but not sixth level to talk to them. If I could talk to the monsters, just imagine it. Trolling a troll. Ha ah. okay, sorry, guys. Conjure animals. Once again, there were no druids, so Clark got to conjure animals. Seventh level. I think this became a druid spell. Earthquake. Yeah, it it does what it says. <laughs> it causes an earthquake 20th level 23rd level <coughs> aerial servant also this i think was so this spell summons a creature somewhat like an invisible stalker but more powerful so yeah i don't know why clerics are summoning it doesn't seem like a cleric type thing it should be more like i said a magic is a thing wind walk i think that's a cleric spell once again there were no druids to do the ml stuff so he'll walk on the wind um Now here, now this is a clerical type spell. Holy Word, the pronouncement of a Holy Word will affect creatures through 12th level. 9th through 12th, deafened 1 to 6 turns. 5th through eight, stunned for 2 to 20 20 turns. And under 5th level, it'll just kill your ass. Let's clear up that town. Alright. Astral spell, it's same as a magic user spell. Symbol, same as a magic user spell. Part water, you get to play Moses. Control weather, same as a magic user spell. And well, it's going to be raised dead fully. See, he's only mostly dead. Now he's fully raised. He, he's, only, he's only mostly raised, not fully raised. Okay, alright, fine. I screwed that joke up. I've been funny if I would have thought it through. The spell is simply a raised dead spell, which also restores full strength to the person so raised. And no rest or recuperation is required thereafter. The reverse of the spell, disallows allows a saving throw, automatically killing the target, unless the object is protected by a device, you counter such spells. So, yeah, you can counter it, so it's basically, kill your ass fully. Alright, restoration, when this spell is employed, it will restore one full level of energy to any person who has lost such a level to the, quote, undead. It will not restore levels of energy lost in other manners, nor will it add levels not lost. The reverse of this spell automatically causes loss of one level. These of the spell will incapacitate the cleric for 2 to 20 days. So non-player character clerics cannot usually be hired to cast it. Note that the reverse will not cause incapacitation. Yeah. Oh yes, and yes, that some of these spells in italics are the opposite reversed for chaotic characters. So, the thing is Looking back, all of them are in italics. So, what's the opposite of earthquake? And that's evil stopping an earthquake. Um, Windwalk, you're not walking on the wind. Unholy word, okay, that's just some names of the spell. Um, part water, you bring water together. Control, the opposite of control weather is normal? little editing error there all right folks um next up is going to be monsters and treasure we're going to start on with the new monsters but we're going to do that and i think there's also clarifications on some existing monsters because i the first one is vampires so and also um other secrets that will pop up here in this little book so with that i would like to thank you for listening we're hitting our usual uh 20 minutes of so time mark So, once again, I beg you, plead you, stop by Facebook, like the Facebook page. They might be gazebos, just search for us. Uh, The link's in the show notes. Um, With 50 likes, you'll get a bonus episode. Or if you want to include going to the Patreon, if we get enough patrons, you'll get a bonus episode anyway. Like I said, you don't have to give in the Patreon, but there's a way you can contribute to get more episodes. What else? Um hey visit the blog they might be Blog, and i'm gonna do another shout out at the end of this episode because i've blogged about it and i've mentioned on the on the uh, podcast um night shift by jason vane vane jason vay and tim brannan uh urban fantasy adventures using old school rules kickstarter is still going as of this recording please stop by the kickstarter consider it donate if you can well, because I'm excited about it, and I already gave him some, well, I haven't given money yet, technically, but I've already pledged it and backed it. So, with that, folks, thanks for listening. Roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, have fun, and please be able to enunciate and speak better than I can. Thanks for listening.